1: Welcome back to the Dan Proft Show. I'm John Hinderocker from Powerline, filling in for Dan tonight. And we are joined now by Ilya Shapiro of the uh, Fund for American Studies. And Ilya is a member of the Law Board of Visitors at the uh, Fund for American Studies. Ilya, thanks for being on the program.
0: My pleasure. My day job is actually at the Cato Institute, where I direct our Center for Constitutional Studies.
1: Ah, terrific. Thank you. So, Ilya, I thought maybe we'd start by talking a little bit about impeachment. Uh, This uh, proceeding, which in my opinion was pretty farcical, is now fading into history, (laughs) ignominiously, I would say. But before it's entirely gone over the horizon, uh, let's spend just a few minutes talking about it. And I guess the question I would ask you is, has, has the concept of impeachment forever been changed? Uh, Has impeachment been turned into a a purely political tool that is now to be wielded at the sole discretion of whichever party controls the House of Representatives?
0: The thing is, we've had four impeachments in our country's history, and they've all been fairly partisan to a a fairly large extent, talking about the two with Trump, uh, one uh, with Clinton, and then Andrew Johnson back in, in 1868 the House given that you only need a bare majority that can and, and I guess will remain a partisan almost like a censure moment and in the Senate it's very hard to get that two-thirds for for anything short of uh, naming a post office it's unclear what kind of precedent we're setting you know would this result of the trial that was just resolved this past weekend, have turned out to be different if Trump were still in office, because it seems like most Republicans who voted to acquit, at least to the extent that they explain themselves, stuck to this uh, jurisdictional point that uh, former officers, or at least former presidents, cannot be tried. So I guess going forward, it's going to be seen as partisan, but there might be a wrinkle if the president does something egregious and it's not within weeks of the, his term
1: ending. Yeah, the other thing that was so strange about this second Trump impeachment is that by the time the Senate took it up, he was out of office. And I don't know if you, what your view on this is, Ilya. But when I read Article One and Article Two of the Constitution, it seems pretty clear to me that impeachment is intended to be a remedy to remove somebody from office. And, and if he's not in office, I, I really don't think that impeachment is a is a proper constitutional remedy. But but do you think the door has now been opened if the Republicans, for example, take the House in 2022 to impeaching Barack Obama?
0: The, the constitutional argument is a close one because the constitutional text does not squarely answer this question. Based on our history and the practice of uh, impeaching former officials, not presidents, but, uh, but other kinds of officials, and the nature of impeachment and that the remedy isn't just removal but also disqualification, from, from future public office. I tend to side with those who argue that former officials uh, and it's no different. from former presidents and other officials can uh, be impeached and trial. And certainly there's the additional wrinkle of Trump that he was impeached while he was still in office, but it's just the Senate trial that, w- that was afterwards. So I mean ultimately impeachment is a political remedy. It's not a criminal law one. It's not a in, in a court of law in, in any case. So I mean I suppose uh, you Congress could vote to impeach uh, Andrew Johnson again uh, right this moment if they really wanted to. Uh, Maybe there'd be a debate about whether the person has to be living, not just a a former official, not just a sitting official. But again, it just just depends on the politics. Uh, At at the end of the day, if a majority of the House feels that it wants to impeach a former official, now, you know, the obvious question is, why didn't they do it 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whenever the last time they had the majority?
1: You know, if you look at American history, uh, some things are written clearly in the Constitution and so forth. But but a lot of it is you, you have to presume a certain amount of good faith. And otherwise, the whole republic is just not going to function. And for 150 years or more, uh, it was a given, I think, that, that impeachment was a, a rare remedy, a last resort. Uh, as you say, there's always an element of politics, but we've had very, very few impeachments over the course of the country's history. And, and, and has that just fundamentally changed? Do you think that that whole idea that, that this is kind of a, you know, a higher process is just out the window?
0: Well, I'd like to see more officials impeached for dereliction of duty and gross negligence and, and things like that. Again, whether president uh, or otherwise, Donald Trump is certainly a, a unique figure. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the call to, to the Ukraine president is a, a little different, perhaps, but certainly the, um, the post-election shenanigans are a unique event and the unique actions by the president. So I'm not sure what kind of uh, precedent uh, it, it, it really sets, um, you know, Will, will impeachment forever be uh, uh, denuded of, of its seriousness? I, I don't know. You know, the one president who was forced to resign, Nixon, was was never uh, impeached because he saw the writing on the wall. So uh, every political era is different, uh, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens next. But uh, um, could you see every president of the opposite party impeached whenever there's a, a majority in the House? I don't know. It depends on their decision of what, uh, what passes a spell test to the public.
1: We're talking with Ilya Shapiro of the Cato Institute and the Fund for American Studies. Ilya, I'd like to shift gears now and talk a little bit about the Fund for American Studies Summer Law Fellowship. Can you tell our listeners about that?
0: Yeah. So the Fund for American Studies uh, is, has been around for, for decades, I think over 40 years at, at this point, uh, and it's uh, always hosted student programs of various kinds. Uh, typically targeted at undergrads, whether economics, journalism, or or other subjects. And uh, a number of years ago, we started a uh, a legal uh, studies fellowship program uh, for law students. Uh, I think it's been around. I should know this, but it's seven or eight years. And uh, it uh, it gives students a, a stipend in the summer. Uh, you you get an internship. You take classes uh, with leading professors from Georgetown and George Mason. Uh, area uh, law schools typically on originalism law and economics uh, these these heady issues that um, that you don't typically get in, in a law school uh, education um, and there's uh, extracurricular programming speeches by judges and local uh, national public officials uh, panels about how to get a clerkship or um, uh, how to think about public interest litigation or the end of the Supreme Court term. I typically do a Supreme Court roundup. So it's a broad program. Uh, I encourage uh, anyone who's, uh, who's looking for a, a summer job, looking for summer enrichment, uh, something worthwhile to do uh, as a law student to apply. Um, deadlines are coming up quick, but I, I do think we, we still have slots.
1: And Ilya, just to clarify a few details, this uh, the fellowship is located physically in Washington, D.C., is that right?
0: Uh, that's right. Although, of course, last summer it, it was all virtual because of the pandemic. Uh, too early to tell what exactly is going on for this summer. But in the normal course, it is uh, physically in in DC.
1: And what law students are we talking about? One L's, two L's? Uh, what what what's the?
0: What's the we range? we get a mix. It depends. Uh, uh, since the, the organization of the program changed a couple of years ago where we were able to offer greater scholarships and stipends, uh, more 2Ls started applying. Because typically, 2Ls have more uh, options available to them uh, in different places, but we, it, it is open to both 1Ls and, and 2Ls. I suppose you know we, we won't necessarily turn back 3Ls, but uh, they're probably looking for permanent employment rather than a summer internship.
1: Right, and if some of our listeners would like to apply, uh, where should they go?
0: pfas.org. That's PFAS.org, and you can uh, click over to the to the summer legal fellowship.
1: Leah Shapiro, thank you very much for being on the Dan Proft Show. We're now going to go to some uh, commercial messages and be right back. Brought to you by the Fund for American Studies. The Fund for American Studies is an educational nonprofit that is changing the world by developing leaders for a free society, offering transformational programs that teach the principles of limited government, free market economics, and honorable leadership to students and young professionals in America and around the world. Download a free ebook to learn how you can become a champion for liberty at teachingfreedom.org. How far is
0: heaven? And I know that I need to change my ways of living. How far Exposing is political fakers, fixers, and takers. He's Dan Proft. And this is The Dan Proft Show.